0: So today we're going to be talking to Dr. Ankarasta. I'm going to be calling him Dr. Oak because I don't want to insult the man because my, my, my I have problems saying my own name sometimes, folks, not to worry. But first, before we go, just uh, please visit our website, which is www.theaccessibilitycorner.com and there's over 65 resources on there. And also I'd like to introduce or announce that the Accessibility Corner is going to actually have a column now and it's called El Paso News. It could be found in El PasoNews The so guest of honor, Doctor Unsalas. How are you doing this morning, sir?
1: Oh, very good. Thank you very much for the invitation.
2: It's a great honor to be with you guys.
0: Thank you, sir. And Mr. Jesus Bautista, how
2: you been, sir? I'm doing real good, man. I just uh, couldn't hear you. All <laughs> <laughs> right. That so, comes with my age.
0: Who are you? You know, just give a little background because we always see you on TV and. You know, everybody knows the the doctor, doctor, but I want people to know you as a person. Could you just give us a quick overview, like where you're from and and stuff like that?
1: Definitely, definitely. Well, I grew up here in the area. I grew up in Juarez. Uh, I did my medical school also in Juarez, and then I came to do my specialty in pediatrics here in El Paso. And since then, it was the 1990s where I ended up here in El Paso. And I set up an office in Anthony... Right very close to the to the state border so um, I felt that that area needed much of the pediatric services because there was tons of kids. We Hispanics have a lot of kids and they need a pediatrician so therefore I felt that it was it was a great area to set up an office and I've been there for the last 22 23 years but being the health authority, I was uh, honored and invited to be in that position for the last 14 years. So um, normally, when everything goes well, public health is under the radar. (laughs) Nobody knows about public health, but what we do know is like public health is everywhere. (laughs) Definitely, because if you go to a restaurant, you're not expecting to have food poisoning, and that's public health. Public health goes to the restaurants, make sure that people are eating healthy food, that they're not giving them food poisoning, that the water that we drink is also free of contaminants and uh, bacteria, that people, uh, when there's something infectious, they know what to do. And this is what we've been doing for the last, what, three, going into three years? And unfortunately, it hasn't gone away. COVID is here to, to stay, but before COVID, I don't know, people might remember the H21 flu. It caused a lot of commotion, also caused a lot of issues, but fortunately, because of the vaccination, we were able to keep that
2: <clears throat> under
1: control. So, After,
2: uh, yes, go ahead. Yes. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was just, wanted to ask you, uh, and I, I'm going to ask you the question in Spanish because I would like for you to, to um, express it to the some of the listeners that are, are non English speakers. And and who are disabled and uh, and you know the adults like myself. Um, este, ¿le puede explicar a la gente, al público, a, a, a los que nos escuchan, por qué es importante de que de que se vacunen, de que tomen la, la vacuna de, de de del flu, porque mucha gente piensa que están protegidos completamente como como yo tomé la la, la, la La, la vacuna, y yo estaba bajo la, la, el pensamiento que estaba protegido completamente, y no es cierto. Dicen que, que nomás el 40%, y, 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 y si nos explicas, to, toman el momento para explicarnos por qué y cuándo y, y por qué es importante. Se lo agradecemos.
1: Claro que sí. Ay, esa es una pregunta bien importante, porque <risa> el influenza es un virus que anda con nosotros y cada invierno causa muchos problemas en quién en, sobre todo en aquellas personas mayores en las en los bebés en las personas que tienen condiciones médicas que los debilitan y eso es exactamente lo que piensa mucha gente mi suegra la voy a incluir porque ella era una de ellas tiene diabetes tiene muchas cosas y decía no yo no me quiero vacunar del, de la influenza porque cada vez que me vacuno me enfermo de la influenza le dije pues mire le va a dejar que le ponga VIX a mis hijos, pero usted me va a dejar que yo le ponga la vacuna del flu. Vamos a hacer ese trato usted y yo. Entonces, se dejó vacunar, que es lo bueno, y ya empezó a ver que cada año que la vacunábamos se enfermaba menos. Lo que sucede es de que el virus de influenza va cambiando cada año. Entonces, por eso cada año tenemos una vacuna con una fórmula un poquito diferente cada año, lo que hace que nos proteja contra la enfermedad de la influenza, del, de las complicaciones y para no acabar en el hospital y que no nos no vayamos a fallecer a causa de la influenza. Por eso es lo importante, la influenza no va a prevenir que nos enfermemos de la influenza si vamos a andar por todos lados sin protegernos, pero sí nos va a ayudar a que no terminemos en el hospital. Entonces, si se vacuna nomás solo un año, no le va a ayudar mucho porque el sistema inmune necesita recordar cómo se ve la influenza y necesitamos darle la vacuna de cada año porque este virus también ca- cambia cada año, entonces el, la vacuna de la influenza no le va a dar el virus de la influenza porque así como le digo a mucha gente, la vacuna que nos inyectan en la influenza es el virus muerto, lo hacen pedacitos, lo ponen en un taquito y nos lo dan en la vacuna, entonces de esa manera no nos enfermamos, lo que pasa es de que mucha gente ya cuando ve que todo el mundo se enfermó Ahora sí, vacúname, pero ya para entonces ya se ya se contagiaron y por eso a lo mejor mucha gente se enferma, sobre todo después de que le ponen la vacuna. Gracias.
0: And I think that's take you, Mr. Pulchiste, because I think people uh, it's important to have it both for English and Spanish because sometimes we focus too much, you know, disseminating the information in English. People that have a, a, a Hispanic background. And that's why I think it's important to talk about that. So, But I do want to talk about uh, something that you touched on too about being in pediatrics. Uh, I got this audio clip from KBIA regarding RSV and I wanted to go into that transition and go back to what Mr. Bautista was saying. I'm going to go ahead and play that clip real fast. Okay, Mr. Dr. O? Yes, definitely.
2: A nationwide outbreak is overwhelming hospitals here in the borderland, RSV. It causes respiratory infections, much like COVID-19 or the flu. And cases are on the rise here in El Paso, especially among children who take it, they get hit harder by it. Children's Hospital says it has treated 162 RSV cases this month alone. The hospital's chief medical officer, Dr. Jeffrey Schuster, says RSV mostly causes cold-like symptoms in adults, but it causes more severe infections in children younger than two. Dr. Schuster says ignoring COVID-19 safety protocols is a driving factor. <sighs>
0: So with that, Doctor. Oh, <clears throat> going back to what Mr. Bautista was asking about the, the flu shot. You know, COVID and RSB right now. You know, that's kind of impacting our <clears throat> community. You, as a physician, being in practice, have you seen an uptick in in RSB regarding your client, or your your uh, patients?
1: Oh yes, definitely. It's been overwhelming to not just in my office, but for everybody in the community in the region, because. A lot of people are getting sick. The older parents are bringing not just one child, the whole family, three, four children that started getting sick. And, and it's not just RSV, it's influenza, so COVID. And even the parents, sometimes they look sicker than the children. So yeah, yeah. That, this is what they're calling the triple epidemic or triple-demic. So normally we will see the RSV hitting. After the RSV, they will come, the influenza, but now with the covid we are not seeing what we used to see before the pandemic because of all the precautions that we took we saw almost nothing nothing happening with the flu and the RSV but now that the restrictions were lifted and people are not wearing masks people are just want to go back to the "quote unquote" normal now
2: we're seeing the combination of everything uh, doctor y las import- la importancia de usar las máscaras porque Eh, 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 yo voy al Walmart a las tiendas y veo que la gente ya están muy satisfechos con sí mismos y no quieren utilizar las máscaras por favor denos eh, una buena explicación para que sepan que es es lo lo más probablemente es lo más mejor para protegernos
1: claro, el cubrebocas vimos que ayuda y ayuda de dos maneras, una ayuda para que Si nosotros tenemos el virus antes de demostrar síntomas, no se lo contagiamos a nadie más. Y también ayuda para no contagiarnos de alguien más que ande tosiendo que traiga el virus y que pueda eh, contagiarnos a nosotros. Entonces, es una protección doble la que tenemos al usar el cubrebocas, pero tenemos que tener la participación de todo el mundo. Ahora oh, sí, el... Yes.
0: No, casi coge el doctor, I'm sorry,
1: Ah, mucha gente ya está cansada del cubrebocas, dice para qué, ya me pegó el Covid y no me pasó nada. Entonces, como no les pasó nada, ahora sí van, van así y en realidad lo que hay que pensar es qué es el riesgo que tenemos nosotros o nuestros seres queridos de contagiarlos si acaso traemos el Covid y de esa manera pensar en no nomás en nosotros sino también en los demás. El usar el cubrebocas va a disminuir el riesgo de infectarnos e infectar a alguien más que, que sí nos va a importar y en particular para prevenir esas hospitalizaciones, las cuales ya están empezando a subir otra vez. Uh, ya la gente no quiere oír del COVID, no quiere oír de ninguna otra cosa, ahorita están preocupados por el RSV, el RSV, pero también para prevenir el influenza el RSV, el cubrebocas también ayuda y ayuda muchísimo, hay evidencia científica que comprueba de que si usamos el cubrebocas de una manera correcta va a ayudarnos y lo vimos aquí en nuestra comunidad también en el cual en el año 2021 20, en la temporada de influenza no hubo prácticamente caso, se redujo el, el influenza en un 97% y eso habla de la eficacia de todas estas medidas de prevención, la cual incluye el cubrebocas aparte de lavarnos las manos y estar en la casa
0: and the thing about that um, dr o is i want people to understand that the importance of wearing masks to to mitigate the exposure to either even rsv influenza and covid and you were saying uh, now covid in your opinion is is covid still around because people think it's gone because you know they're, like you said they're going to like they're going to parties and they're going to the stores or are packed and not wearing masks of, is, is COVID over?
1: Oh, yeah. COVID is still in our community. And COVID is still around. And now we're seeing a, a surge of COVID and, and not just the positive cases, but the ones that are concerning are the cases that are ending up in the hospital. Probably in the summer, we saw that it was very much a bay, but now... Is starting to go up like any other respiratory virus. That's what we expected. And we were telling the community that this is what we were expecting to see a rise in the COVID, but the late fall and winter. And before we used to see 10, 20 patients in the hospital that were not sick that much. And it was just by coincidence that they were tested and they were positive, but they were not sick with the respiratory symptoms. Now we're seeing more patients coming to the hospital with those respiratory symptoms ending up in the ICU. And now we have 130 plus patients in the hospital with more than 20 patients in the ICU across the city. And that number I expect that is gonna continue to rise. And that's why we continue to to strongly recommend that people get the bivalent booster because this booster was designed to protect us against the Omicron variant. That is the most prominent variant that is circulating right now. That is causing the disease, and and the vaccine is is. I know that people say that. Well, I already got too many shots. I don't want any more shots. But just like the flu shot, if we keep getting it, we're gonna get it stronger. where the possibility that we're gonna get sicker or very sick because of the virus is gonna be a very 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 low, and that's why. Vaccination is the foundation of all this prevention besides everything else that we're going to need to do.
0: So let me ask you this, um, <laughs> and I'm asking you this question because what I've heard, you know, me and Mr. Boltsvitz have been uh, uh, within the community you know, actively participating in different stuff, you know, when, when it comes to COVID and, and what the, the measures the city has taken and, and whatnot, but the question I'm going to ask is as a doctor, Okay, not not as my neighbors or guy at the store or my mechanic or my as a physician. What mitigating measures can we do to reduce our chances of being exposed to these viruses? Any of the viruses, what can we do as a whole, especially people with disabilities, what can we do to mitigate our our chances or exposure? to, To
1: decrease the risk of getting infected, people can continue wearing the mask. People can stay home and not attend very, very large gatherings. If you need to go to a place that has a lot of people, choose the times where they have the least amount of people. Uh, If there is a concert, let's say, and it's not something that you need to go, don't go. And enjoy the concert in a different way, virtual ways. Now we're enjoying a lot more the technology in ways that we didn't think that it was going to be... before. So that, and, and if people are sick, just stay home. Also, continue washing your hands often, carry your hand sanitizer, and remember do not touch your face. Also, the face mask helps to remind people not to be touching your face, in particular, putting your fingers in your mouth, in your nose, <clears throat> in your eyes. So that is also a good reminder because all the respiratory viruses come into the body through the face.
2: Doctor, cómo, cómo, cómo está how is the situation? Uh, pues, tenemos nuestros nuestros hermanos en el otro lado del del puente, verdad? en Juárez. How is the situation there? And how does it translate to here El Paso? Uh, estamos teniendo muchos problemas, o o se está bajo control.
1: Toda esta es una región y sabemos que para las enfermedades no hay fronteras. Entonces la gente cruza para allá y para acá, hay unos que trabajan aquí, viven allá y viceversa. Entonces lo que sucede en un lado de la frontera va a suceder en el otro lado de la frontera. Lo que podamos hacer para prevenir y para proteger nuestras comunidades y nuestra región nos va a ayudar mucho más para allá de cualquier frontera
0: ask about the mask Doctor? <clears throat> for like maintenance and, and I guess repeated use of, of mask uh, what do you recommend like for, is there a certain uh, style we use certain amount of time that we reuse the mask before' it's, it's, you know not really that good? What do you recommend? Well-
1: it is not really that good to be reusing the same mask. The best masks are the, sur- the surgical masks, some other masks that are called KN95 or the N95. Those are the ones that, if you wear them properly, is going to confer the most protection. The most protection is the N95. The least protection is the surgical mask. So if if we wear them, wear one mask per day, and then you can dispose of them, uh, the more we use them, the less effective they are. And just make sure that uh, you're properly putting the mask in your face. It has to fit uh, snugly uh, on top of your nose and covering the whole mouth and nose.
0: Because <laughs> I've heard of people wearing it, the mask and just cover their mouth, not their nose. I'm like, <laughs> that's not the well, way I wear pe-
1: it. I've seen people just covering the chin, like if they're calling their <laughs> in the <red>, you wrist. Know? <laughs> or, or the third
0: chin. They're trying to hold the third chin underneath. Right. <laughs> so, but so let me ask you this question, Doctor O. Uh, do you ever do you see a point, uh, not now, but in sometime in the future, where I guess because they're saying that COVID will never go away, it will be part of our life, like the influenza. But what do you say to that that comment where, when someone says that we're going to be like this for the rest of our lives?
1: Well, yes, we're gonna be uh, with COVID, flu, and other respiratory virus for the rest of our lives. What we need to figure out is, as the virus changes, would this new virus cause a less severe disease? Because people also are sort of saying that ah, the COVID is just another flu. No, it's not another flu. It kills 10 to 20 more people than the flu. And unfortunately, that's what scares us. If it was another call, then why we make such a big fuss? We wouldn't be making that much of a fuss. But we don't want people to die. We don't want yeah. people to end up in the hospital. We want people to be at home and celebrating the holidays, enjoying kids growing up, seeing what life is about. We, we're not trying to restrict that. What we're trying to do is giving them the opportunity to do that.
0: And I think that's what was missed in all this conversation from you know two years ago to now I think you know about the restrictions and the mandates and all that you know stuff in the background but at, at the end of the day what you're trying to do that message you're trying to translate to us uh, is to reduce the chance of getting into the hospital to having those hospitals overwhelmed where they won't be able to serve those people that come in because at one point, we were the, the capital COVID death. We had uh, Sabinego on our podcast, and he was talking about the trailers they had to bring in for all yes. the people that passed. And that puts everything in perspective because, like you said, Dr. O, it's not a regular flu. It's something that's going to impact you, especially, you know. Especially now, keep referring to this, people with disabilities. Because sometimes we might be, you know, for example, if you're blind, like me and Mr. Bautista, well, it might be because of what? Diabetes or a stroke or, you know, other stuff. So this other stuff, quote unquote, is what really impacts us like diabetes and high blood pressure. So in your opinion, Dr. O, what can we do? It's not only about wearing masks, but also to improve our lives regarding what we eat, how we live, what do you recommend in regards to that?
1: Exactly, and you're touching a very, very important point because it's not just a medicine, it's not just, What we need to do is take care of our our body and our mind in such a way that we're gonna uh, provide the proper food and meals to our body because that's the fuel and that's how we're gonna be able to uh, translate that into protection, into the armor that we're gonna have against diseases. We need to have a, a good sleep because sleep also, it's extremely important once to recover from disease, but also to prevent some of those diseases. Uh, while we sleep, the body kind of recharges and prepares for the next day and becomes stronger. If we don't sleep well, then we're going to be sick quite often. Uh, then our uh, mental uh, health is extremely, extremely important.
2: And along with that, doctor, I think uh, that people don't understand that. Uh, eating well is not the answer, just the the only answer. You've got to have some physical fitness, some physical exercise. You got to be able to go out there and walk and see. This is one of the things that that hurts people who are on on um, wheelchairs. They're not able to, uh, you know, the circulation is not not as as good as if if, if if they were able to walk. But a lot of people take that um, take for granted their ability to walk and. And, go and, you know, exercise and keep their body uh, as healthy as possible.
1: Exactly, exactly. And that also, in, in all those elements, the exercise, the mental health, the sleeping, the eating habits, they're all intertwined together. They're all uh, kind of like a chain. All of them has to interact so we can have our mind and body fit. And, and even people with disability can continue, as you said, doing some exercise. Even if they're in a the wheelchair that they cannot walk, they're doing some other exercises. They're exercising their upper body. They're exercising some other areas. If they need to go to therapy, that's a great exercise that stimulates circulation, that, that also keeps the heart and in, in the muscles in shape and in, in without any disease. Because as we know, they need to they need to move. Some people might need a little caregiver to give us and rotate the position so we don't develop ulcers. So we don't develop some other lesions that are going to also hinder our health.
0: And I don't want to touch on that before you continue, Mr. Dr. Rowe. I'm glad you mentioned that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, I wanted to touch on that too about personal care attendance. My wife is a personal care attendant. So I, I I want this to be heard. And if we could say this in Spanish too, Mr. Bautista. If you or your family member has a personal care attendant. And that personal care attendant is sick, you think they're sick, don't let them be around. I know of two people, actually three, that the personal care attendant, quote unquote, I'm not sick, I have allergies. And as far as I know, two of them that contracted COVID passed. So if you do or you yourself or someone in your family does use a personal care attendant, please be vigilant, look at them. If they if they come in and they you're sneezing and say, you know what? Go home. Don't come in because, you know, sometimes they don't realize that they they have COVID or they have some other disease or virus and they oh no, it's the allergies. But when it comes to caring for someone that really needs attendant.
1: Yes, and I'm glad you are bringing. in. That's why I kept saying, look, let's look and see for all the people that we take care of. If I am a personal care attendant, I'm not gonna just go to somebody else's house and not have my vaccine. I'm going to be careful, and I can wear my mask. And you, as, as an attendee, tell them, hey, I know that you've been out there. I would appreciate if you can wear your mask, wash your hands, and make sure that you have all your vaccines. Because my aunt was like that. A personal care attendant came to take care of her, didn't have the vaccine, didn't wear a mask. She was sick with COVID, and she died. Oh, wow in fact yep. the aunt and died. and, and yep. I keep telling all my family like, be vigilant let's be careful yeah please yep. They, we want to we want to keep everybody healthy this is the way that we do it
2: y doctor este la la, la el problema es que también este piensan que están resfriados no saben que tienen el covid piensan que nomas estoy resfriado o tengo tos pero no es no es covid siempre estamos en en este Diciendo que, que, que no lo tenemos nomás porque no queremos tenerlo, pero este la gente tiene que realizar que cuando se andan tosiendo, o, o mire, una señora uh, vino a, a, a una de las atendientes, vino a, una, a las casas y no sabía que tenía COVID y pues contaminó al, a la familia y, y el, el señor se murió de eso, pero e, ella pensaba que nomás estaba resfriada.
1: Claro, y, y fíjese que ahora mucha gente niega tener COVID, no quiere ni hacerse la prueba. Dicen, no, no tengo síntomas, o son alergias, o es que el clima, no, no, no tengo nada, y están tosiendo y tosiendo. El COVID produce una variedad de síntomas que ha cambiado. Inicialmente era la falta de oler y de que nos supiera la comida, Y sí. la tos, ahora ya no vemos tanto eso de que pierdan el sentido del olfato y el gusto. Ahora es más el dolor de garganta, el catarro, la tos. Entonces, sí, sí. gente dice, no, a mí me dio sin síntomas. Y les decimos, pero usted está tosiendo, tiene el catarro. No, no tengo síntomas. Pues esos son síntomas. Sí. ¿Cómo de que no tiene síntomas? A mí me... Entonces, es importante de que ahorita... Si anda con el moco, si anda con dolor de garganta, hágase su prueba para ver el COVID. O si está enfermo, que esos uh, gentes que ayudan a, a las personas con uh, capacidades limitadas o con discapacidades, tengan esa conciencia de no ir a las casas a cuidar a estas personas si se si están enfermas o si traen mocos, si traen todos. Quédese en su casa, hágase su prueba del COVID o de la influenza. Y ya cuando esté mejor, entonces pueda ayudar de una mejor manera.
2: Claro. Claro.
0: Now, when, um, Dr. O, now when it comes to like doing those mitigating measures to not to be exposed, is it always good to, like me, my wife says I'm paranoid because I walk around with a little bottle of, of sanitizer. Is that good? Is that a good practice to use sanitizers?
1: Yeah, that, that's good to use the sanitizer because you're going to be touching a lot of things, especially when you're out of the house. The problem comes when you're out of the house. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you're out of the house, you're going to be touching things, especially if you're visually impaired. If you have some disability, you're going to be having to touch. Mm -hmm. So by touching, you're going to be touching frequently touched areas, and if you use your hand sanitizer, you're going to be helping yourself. And, And remember, before you do anything else, clean your hands, don't touch your face, and that's the way that you're going to be staying healthy.
0: I tell my wife when we come home from, I, I, I really don't go out that much, but when we do, I tell my wife, when I come home and detox, I change my clothes, I wash my hands, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we're just trying to reduce those chances, but, uh,
2: uh,
0: Mr. baltusa do you have any questions in Spanish?
2: No, no, I, I think, I think we've covered, doctor has covered a, a very, very good, uh, uh, you know, uh, area for people to understand the do's and don'ts, and, and especially, I, I think it, it's, this is good that we talked a little bit about in Spanish because I think our some of our listeners are, um, you know, are not English speakers and or, or, or not necessarily understand uh, English that well. And so I think Doctor has done a great job of, of uh, you know, interpreting for for us, you know.
0: And one uh, thing, Doctor. Um, so if you get the booster, the revised the, says um, the revised. Uh, I guess the a revised the, booster?
1: The bivalent booster, the new booster that is after.
0: Okay. So if you yeah. get it, is it recommended that you? I got mine in September. Is it, or you know, whenever someone gets it? Is it recommended that they do it every twice a year or once a year?
1: Well, we're still looking into the evidence and see how this new booster is going to protect us. If we see that this new booster is going to protect us until the next respiratory se- season, which is going to be the fall, Maybe it's going to be only once a year. We need to see how the COVID is going to be uh, affecting communities. If we see surges or spikes in the summer and the winter, then we might recommend twice a year. But for the most part, since this is a respiratory virus, most probably, and this is kind of my personal opinion, probably it's going to be once a year that we're going to be giving it along with the flu shot.
2: And yeah. doctor, the, the the flu shot and the and the uh, COVID shot or the 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 the, the booster, uh, is it is it okay to be get taken at both at the same time or or should 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 somebody you know should people take them separately at different times?
1: No, it's okay to take it at the same time. And this way, you go once, you get both, and you're done. Uh, one thing that I want to tell people that. Not all the people get reaction to the COVID vaccine, but mm. if you do, it's going to be very short-lived, maybe one night and that's it. And if you don't get the COVID shot because of the you're afraid of the reaction, just think that if you get sick and end up in the hospital, it's going to be three or four weeks of misery
0: nope. and pain compared to only one night. Another- Dr. oh, let me yes, tell sir. you something. Let me tell you something. I've heard many of people, especially those with disabilities, Oh, I don't wanna get it because uh, I don't wanna feel bad or I don't wanna get it because next week's my my ex my ex ex whoever's party or oh I have a heart condition or I'm like you rather I rather get the symptoms than get the disease or the virus. So I mean what do you say to that when people say that? Like what you just said. I mean can you emphasize both in Spanish and English in
2: Definitely.
0: regards to people being afraid of that?
1: Yes, I rather take one night of misery. Then three or four weeks in the hospital where they gonna, I'm going to be extremely sick. And that's what I tell people. The shot is not to make you sick. The shot is to protect you and don't take your chances of getting sick. If you have, uh, I don't know, the quinceañera coming <laughs> and you want to be ready, get your booster shot because you know that there's going to be a lot of people. And when there's a yeah. lot of people, there's the chances that you're going to be sick. And if you are somebody with disabilities, your chances are greater that you're going to end up in the hospital. And and I want to retake a little bit more because in I hope in my life I never get to see the hospitals the way that I saw them with people suffering and dying in the halls. And all the hospitals were full of people with COVID, and they were suffering because, not because of the COVID also, but because they were not able to see their loved ones. And they were just begging, can you let me see? Can now give me the the shot and now i want to take the shot too late and and it was so sad and unfortunate that people weren't able to be there in those moments the relatives or the family members were not able to be there with them so i hope i never see that in my life and i hope that uh we continue to advance in science and in continue with the vaccination because that's why I'm, I'm i'm a big advocate for the vaccine because i know that it causes a lot of good
0: can you say that in spanish is a real short summary of that
1: yes right disculpe eh, en, en cuanto a las personas que eh, tienen dudas acerca de la vacuna y prefieren enfermarse en vez de ponerse la vacuna mi recomendación es de que se pongan la vacuna, especialmente si van a tener algún evento familiar como una quinceañera boda, donde saben que va a haber muchísima gente y ent- dentro de esa gente va a haber gente que va a estar enferma, nosotros eh, que tenemos alguna discapacidad, somos de más alto riesgo y si se enferman van a acabar en el hospital. La vacuna es para prevenir eso, y yo prefiero tener una noche de de miseria y a lo mejor de dolor de cuerpo que estar tres, cuatro semanas en el hospital. Entonces, la vacuna es para protegernos y la vacuna no es para para dañarnos, sino más que nada para, para dar esa protección que necesitamos tener. Entonces... Soy un, un, Yo estoy muy a favor de las vacunas porque sé el beneficio que ha dado las vacunas y espero nunca en mi vida poder ver el, el, la, el sufrimiento que vi cuando estaban todos los hospitales llenos de gente enferma con el COVID pidiendo que querían ver a sus familias de que ahora sí pónganme la vacuna, pero ya cuando era mucho muy tarde.
2: Nos estamos muy agradecidos, doctor, de la la información que nos está dando y que le, le está dando a la gente y ojalá que cuando quiera este regresar a, 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 la, a una otra entrevista con nosotros que esperamos que, que venga y nos dé más información y más uh, porque la gente uh, necesita eso y lo están agarrando recibiendo de un experto no de nosotros que somos no somos expertos no sabemos nomás hablamos uh, tocante la, lo que sabe, lo que sabemos o lo que oímos, pero usted es el profesional y el experto, la autoridad y uh, estamos muy contentos de que la ciudad lo tenga a usted como el, el, la, el, la persona uh, de, de autoridad.
1: Muchísimas gracias y gracias por las invitaciones. Es un honor estar aquí con ustedes, de, el poder compartir este espacio y, y un poco más de información
0: para todos los que los escuchan. And if that's the thing with Dr. O, um, that's what we, you know, me and Mr. Balsista, with Accessibility Corner, and now with the El Paso News, we want to disseminate information that's, that taps into people's disabilities cause, because this kind of information or this kind of discussion, it's not really found. I mean, yeah, you're on TV for maybe 15 seconds or maybe for a news conference or 20 minutes, but not to have, you know, this kind of discussion where people need to hear this. Um, what do you want from this discussion, um, Dr. O? What do you want people to take away from this podcast? What I want for people to take away is, one, the most important
1: thing, protect yourself. We have the tools. We have everything that it takes to protect ourselves. And I want people to enjoy life in a healthy way. That's my my take home message of this y en español el, el mensaje que les quiero mandar a todos los, los que los escuchan los que los ven es de que sepan cómo protegerse y se protejan tienen en sus manos las herramientas necesarias para hacerlo y quiero que disfruten la vida de una manera más sana.
0: Gracias doctor. En más en Mr. Bautista, ¿no?
2: No, I, I just, uh, again, I, I said it in Spanish, but I'll say it in English. Uh, I'm very appreciative of Dr. Carranza, uh, um, that has given us a very good uh, interview. Uh hope to see him again. And, and um, as I said before, it's good to hear it from an authority and not just from, uh, from listening to uh, somebody who said, you know, who, who's not an expert. Seriously,
0: thank you so much for being on the on the podcast. I think it's important that people hear this discussion, and and hopefully in the future, if you ever want to come back, you're more welcome to give us updates. Uh, God bless you, doctor, for what you do, because I know, at certain points in your per, in your practice, you put yourself at risk too by interacting with kids that are sick and and people with you know that have COVID. So thank you, doctor, because I know that probably takes a lot of personal strengths on your part to do that, because people don't realize that, you know, you as a physician, you have to go walk into those rooms, you have to interact with those people where we we don't have to do that. So I do appreciate it. Thank you, sir, for that, because uh, I guess people don't realize the, the, the risks that you put yourself into. Thank you, sir.
1: No, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And, and I want to say that you guys have many, many, many blessings, and it is an inspiration for all of us.
0: Thank you, sir. All right, everyone. Thank you. Uh, Look out for this article on the El Paso News, which is org. Dr. O, thank you, sir, for taking your time out of this Saturday to be with us. Mr. Bautista, thank you, sir, for for those Spanish uh, discussions. And everyone, good night, good day, goodbye, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you.